How's it going, you wonderful people? This is Andrew with the Greatest City in the World podcast. I'm here with Sarah Vogel, the owner of the Clay Cup in beautiful Altoona, Pennsylvania. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm really good. Thanks for uh, having me. Especially since I have this like amazing coffee here with yeah, me. Yeah, cappuccino for the win. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so we are. Um, I'm here today uh, to talk to Sarah about a lot of different things, actually. Uh, city revitalization, starting a coffee shop, mm -hmm. all those different kinds of things. Uh, she has a really great story, and so hopefully you guys will stick around to the end of this thing and uh, hear everything that the Clay Cup is about, not only to promote her business, but hopefully she's going to help us in our revitalization of Catanning, and uh, you'll be inspired by uh, her beautiful coffee shop here. Well, not just coffee shop, but coffee shop and art studio. Yeah, coffee shop, pottery studio. Yeah. yeah. So um, we'll, uh, we'll get into that in a minute. If if you guys haven't seen the video already, uh, the video came out a couple of days ago. Did a lot of video around her coffee shop, so go and check that out, and um, and then maybe you can come back and listen to the rest of the podcast once you have that full context. But uh, anyway, have a bunch of different questions for you today, Sarah. You ready? I am ready. All right, Let's we're just roll. gonna we're just gonna go right into it. So tell us a little bit about yourself, your history. Like how did how did you end up at this point? So I grew up in Bellwood, which is a really small town right next to Altoona. It's about 2,000 people. Um, and my siblings and I were primarily homeschooled, some public schooling as well. But um, I attribute a lot of what I do and how I think to my homeschooling years. Yeah. And spending more time with my grandparents who had really incredibly developed skills in piano, woodworking, <clears throat> artwork, and, and beyond. Um, so just being able to experience that, learn from them, and learn like at a young age about like checkbooks and banking and things that you don't necessarily learn in a traditional school setting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I look back on those years extremely fondly. Um, and then at my senior year in high school, I actually had wanted to be a mechanical engineer my whole life. Oh my gosh, um, me too. I loved math yeah, and science me too. and physics, <laughs> like I'm kind of a little bit nerdy. And so, but I always loved art and I was always good at it. And uh -huh. I had professional artist grandmothers. And so, and I had never had any formal training or anything. I just knew that I loved it and knew that I was good at it. And my senior year, something kind of switched, and I was like, I don't really know if I want to go to school for all these math classes and all these hard classes. I don't know if I was just being lazy or what, <laughs> but um, I had the idea of what if I, you know, I, I wanted to be an artist, but the stigma around artists was always like, they're starving artists. Yeah. How are you actually going to be successful? How are you actually going to make money? And so I was like, what if I took, took art in some form, whether that's painting or photography or whatever, and paired it with something that kind of like creates community and brings people in. Yeah. And I was like, coffee shop. Absolutely. That's coffee shop. So I had this brainchild in high school. And so I was like, okay, like this is a really cool vision. I don't know how I'm ever going to make this happen. Rewind for a second. Most of my family are also entrepreneurs. My dad was self-employed for most of my life. His wow. siblings all had businesses or worked for each other. Like I was surrounded by that as well. So, so you were like um, groomed for this for your whole life and you yeah, didn't like, know it. <laughs> there was no escaping it. It's in my blood. Yeah. I thought maybe I was going to escape it, I guess, with the engineer thing. But, yeah. you know, that, that light switched pretty quick. So um, I did go to Liberty University for three semesters. I was studying a business minor and an art major, and I didn't really get into any core classes. I think I had one drawing class, mm -hmm. and I kind of just had this realization, like, you know, I'm going to come out of this with a lot of debt, and everything I really want to do, I can study under somebody else. I could learn myself. Like, I can develop these skills. I don't need a degree for what I really want to do, right? especially if it's, like, in the arts. Yep. So I, I dropped out and I kind of had the attitude of like, I'm just going to take every opportunity I can and just get as much experience as I can, whatever field that is, even if it seems unrelated to what I want to do and see where that leads me. And I probably had 10 to 12 jobs from the time I was like 20 until 25. Now it wasn't like I was going from job to job to job to job. It was like I had four jobs at one time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like a crazy workaholic. Oh my um, gosh. We have like but, the same story. This yeah. is crazy. So 
But because I was like really working wholeheartedly and knowing like these skills that I'm learning at all of these jobs, regardless if they seem related or not, are going to benefit me later. So Absolutely. I had jobs that were, you know, I was a waitress. I uh, worked with people with intellectual disabilities. Um, I helped manage a commercial cleaning company. Um, man, I'm going to start blanking. There were a lot of jobs. Yeah. Um, and I, I, one of the jobs took me to Florida for a couple months, like temporary. I moved to West Palm Beach. Mm -hmm. And this would have been in the spring of 2012. And in West Palm Beach, there were these painting places specifically for painting where people would go in, take their wine, and someone would teach them a painting step by step. Yeah. And I remember like seeing these places everywhere and nothing like that was back here yet. Right, right. And I was like, oh my, I could totally teach that. <laughs> I had the ability to break things down very simply, yeah. which I learned when I worked with people with intellectual disabilities, sure. to take a task and break it down into something really simple. So I was like, I could take a painting and break it down step by step for someone that's never painted before and have them walk out with something that they're really proud of. Yeah. So I, I kind of kept that nugget in the back of my head. And then when I came back, I ended up leaving that job. It was not a good fit for me. It was like cubicle office job. And I'm not that type of person, <laughs> as you can probably tell by my ramblings. And I was like, okay, what's some job that I can just go out and get that maybe has some creative aspects to it? Um, and I had also done photography and things like that in all those prior jobs. So I had tastes of um, cre creative jobs that I was like, oh, that's maybe kind of what I want to do. Not right. sure. Um, so I was kind of like picking up bits and pieces as I progressed through all of that. Um, and after that job in Florida, I came back to Bellwood, where I grew up, and I ended up moving into Altoona, which is right next door, right. basically. And my whole family was from this area. My grandparents, my great-grandparents, everybody. So I grew up hearing about what downtown Altoona used to be like. Yeah, oh man. During so. World War II, um, how it was the place to like go shopping. The railroad community was really big. Yep. And I always loved architecture, like the history of things. I was always interested in that. And when I moved back to Altoona, I had that, that idea kind of come to life again of pairing something creative with coffee. Yeah. And because I wanted to start getting involved in something creative because I was like, okay, if this is what I really want to do, I got to start getting some sort of experience. Yeah. And I remember driving down 11th Avenue, which is right here, Yeah. looking at all these cool buildings, and there wasn't really any life down here yet. Yeah. And looking at this building specifically, as I was driving down and thinking, that's the building I want to be in someday. Whether that's photography and coffee or art and coffee, like that is my building. And it was literally this one that yeah. we're sitting in? I had never been in it. Wow. <laughs> I just saw the front. I knew it's, I just knew it's what I wanted. Yeah. And so I actually called about it that week to see like, okay, what's the rent? How many photo shoots would I have to do? Or, you know, what would I have to do to make that rent? Right. Not even thinking about like, okay, money for renovations or whatever, just like getting in the building. Yep. And it was like way far-fetched for me, nothing that I thought I would ever be able to do. <laughs> and so um, I was like, okay, like I can't be downtown yet. That's fine. And so what can I do that's creative? So I applied at a Trader Joe's because they have at least one in-house artist in every store oh, wow. um, that makes every, every sign by hand, um, every shelf sign by hand. So I was like, okay, if I can get a job at Trader Joe's, maybe I can become one of their sign artists. <laughs> like this wow. ho hopeful, you know, dream. And, and I did. And I told them when I was interviewing, like, I'm interested in learning how to be a sign artist. Like, what do you have to do to make that happen? Yeah. And they're like, we'll get you trained on everything. And then we'll kind of see where you're at with lettering and stuff. And so um, they liked what I did. Their main sign artist trained me. And I was like one of the main sign people at that point for that store, which was so cool. That's Literally. crazy. So you just, I mean, you literally just like 
no experience. You just hustled your way to make this happen. That's a, oh goodness, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. How old? Do you mind asking? How, how old are you now? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, um, so when I got that job at Trader Joe's, it was, I want to say. That was in 2013. Yeah. So I had had some other jobs and stuff after I came back from Florida and um, worked with some other people with intellectual disabilities, went back to that for a little bit. Um, and then I had this Trader Joe's job. And while, while, while I was working at Trader Joe's, I had been used, I had had like four jobs at one time for years. Yeah. And now I only have like one or two. Still doing a little bit of photography here and there. And, um, and I was like... I need to see what else creative I can get involved with. Yeah. And then that's when that nugget of those painting classes came back into my head from Florida. And I was like, oh man, where could I teach these? <laughs> and there was only one creative business in this area that I could think of. And it was a small paint your own pottery studio in Holidaysburg, which is on the other side of Altoona. Uh -huh. And it was called Playtime Pottery. And I was like, hmm, I'm gonna go talk to that owner and see if she'll let me try these painting classes because ultimately it could benefit her right. more people in her space and let me kind of start navigating the creative world yeah so i went and talked to the owner there and nothing ever became of that for a few months and so i like reached out again and sh that owner had sold it to somebody else so i was like oh new owner i can pitch <laughs> this again yep cool um so i went and talked to the second owner and i was like look if you let me teach these painting classes, I think it's going to be a really popular thing. Like, no one else is doing it around here. It was really big in Florida. It's going to bring more people into your small space here yep. to showcase what you do. And she was like, yeah, like, let's do it. And I was like, oh, my goodness, this is my chance. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be teaching painting classes. This is what I wanted to do my whole life. Yeah. Thinking, like, I had arrived. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So, and as usual, it's like when you think that you're just getting started. Yeah, <laughs> like I didn't know where else my my whole journey was going to go, and I still don't. Uh -huh. But um, so I started teaching these painting classes, and they were going really well. People were like, "You are an amazing teacher!" Like all these affirmate words of affirmation that I'm like feeding off of, yeah. and you can tell what my love language is. Yeah, and. Um, I had been teaching them for like four months. We only were doing like one or two a month. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I think I want to sell this business. And I was like, first I was like, oh no, like here goes everything that I've wanted to do my whole life. Yeah. And then I was like, but wait, maybe I could buy it. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, how much do you want? And she's like, $12,000. Yeah. I was like, okay. I was thinking like, okay, that's a lot of money, but compared to the college debt I would have had or, yeah. you know, Pretty even manageable. even buying a car. Yeah. And so I was like, I bet I can get $12,000. <laughs> I didn't have anything saved. I should have. Yeah. Wasn't the greatest person with money, but um, I was like, I can get $12,000. So I didn't have a lot of credit history, but I was able to pull two lines of credit from two different places and get $12,000. Yeah. And she actually let me work some of it down by teaching more classes and letting her keep all of the profits instead yeah. of paying me. So. I bought this business in 2015. It was May of 2015. Mind you, I also got engaged and married and bought a house that same year that At I bought this business. 24 years old. Yes. Wow. Um, <laughs> wow, that was good, quick math. That's awesome. Um, and so I was still working at Trader Joe's and taking on this business and doing photography occasionally. Yeah. And this business was new to me. and. I was naive when I bought it. I didn't really do a lot of research. I just felt like that was the right thing for me to do. Yeah. I, and I prayed about it and I was like, okay, like this is what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Not that, that I still should have looked at things a lot differently, probably from a financial aspect of the business, but I didn't have that experience and I didn't, I didn't ask a ton of people because I didn't want to get the kickback of, right. okay, this is a creative business. Is it really going to be successful? Yeah. So I bought it and started realizing like, oh, wow, she was going to probably go out of business in like six months if I, you know, <laughs> if she didn't sell it. Yeah. And 
I was like, okay, I'm gonna make this a success. Like, this has so much potential. I've seen it in the art classes. It was just like a lack of marketing, I felt, a lack of like enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And I ended up multiplying that business by five within the first year. Oh, wow. So, not that it was that much because of where it was when it started, but um, it made it very lucrative for me because I taught, so, in 2016, I taught 180 Canvas classes there. Yeah. Plus all my pottery events, plus the walk-in customers. Um, so I was probably working like 80 plus hours a week, wow. easily. <laughs> um, I had quit Trader Joe's after October of 2015 when yeah. I realized like, okay, I need to put everything I have into this. And that was the first time I had one job in like years. Yeah. Um, so I went all in. Well, and when you can really focus, you can do it the way that you want mm -hmm. to do it finally. Yeah. yeah. So at the beginning of 2016, when I had had it for about eight months, uh -huh. or I don't know, maybe it was seven months. Anyway, um, I started thinking like, oh my goodness, like this has a lot of potential. Yeah. And I was like, then I started revisiting the idea of being downtown Altoona. Right. And so... Whole different market then too. Yeah. And Altoona is a whole different ball game of people thinking things were going to fail and not be successful and right. a lot of that kind of stigma mm -hmm. because I'm going to pause from my story for a second. Altoona was booming until probably like the, the 80s when things started to cycle back around to big shopping malls yep. and then and away from downtowns and everything down here died out and things had tried to open here and failed coffee shops had tried to open and failed and then Penn State put a couple of their classes down here um, probably around like 2009 ish uh -huh. and I think people started to see that cycle of it coming back to downtown right. which we're in the middle of that right now where it's moving away from big shopping malls back around to the small downtowns. Yeah, I agree. And Catanning, same story. I mean, huge, huge uh, reduction in businesses downtown mm -hmm. in the 70s, 80s, and mm -hmm. manufacturing left and all those kinds of things. And people quit shopping downtown. They built a Walmart on the hill. All of a sudden, everyone goes there. And like it's just been yeah. this big vacuum. And I do think Catanning, Altoona, all these all these towns in western Pennsylvania are primed for that comeback because yeah. I think people... I think it's national, really. Yeah, uh, people your age and younger, they want community again. Yeah, community. They want things that are handmade, that are really unique, that are artisan, yeah. that they can't find anywhere else, right. that they can't find on the internet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, the beginning of 2016, I realized that this Playtime Pottery, I was like, oh my goodness, like... Art can be successful. Yeah. I had grown the Facebook page, like, probably from, like, 2,000 followers to 7,000. Wow. Um, I started an Instagram for it. Like, I just was really trying to hit it from all angles. Yeah. And I was, like, felt this sense of urgency, like, Sarah, if you don't go downtown Altoona now, it's not going to be available to you. Right. And I... You know, I prayed about it and I thought about it and it was like, you, you have to do this now. Yeah. And so I thought right back to this building. Yep. And it was still available and I, I walked through it and like, I knew I still wanted it. I didn't even need to walk through it really, yeah. <laughs> but of course I had to see it. So I walked through it and I was like, this is going to be my building. Like yeah. it is going to be my building. I don't know how that's going to happen, but it's going to be mine. And it's... Altoona needs this coffee shop. It needs the community. And if I can pair something creative, and at that point I knew it was going to be pottery and maybe some other art things that I had gotten into because I saw the, the potential of it and the success of it. Yeah. And so I, the, the owner, the previous owner of this building, his name was Irv Seltzer. Mm -hmm. I think he's, he is still alive. He's pretty up there in age. I called him up and I was like, Mr. Seltzer, I... I would love to talk about um, me doing, me being in your building, leasing, and then buying your building, whatever that looks like. Yeah. He's like, okay, like, let's have a meeting. And from my perspective, walking into that meeting, I was like, 
here I am, 25-year-old college dropout, <laughs> no experience. I have this little business. Like, he's going to laugh at me. He owned, like, 75% of downtown Altoona. Right. Okay. He was, like, an attorney. He, like, very, you know, he had his ducks in a row. You're right. And I'm like, he is going to laugh at me. And I had heard stories about him being a very tough business owner yeah or like just businessman in general and i knew that the previous tenants that had been in this building were uh illegally taking the tin ceilings and selling them um they were just leasing so that was illegal for them to do he had kind of been screwed over by a lease to buy agreement with them and i was like why would he be open to doing any of that with me yeah i'm you know 25 i'm like a baby to him right right so i walked into his office and um thankfully i had a little bit of a personal connection not really but he his son graduated with my mom yeah and so i just was like hey i think you know my mom graduated with your son just trying to build a really friendly (laughs) foundation like just get some kind of footing to stand on yeah pretty much um and i i before i even went into how i wanted his building and wanted the space i told him what my vision was for the business for the downtown for the city yeah um to see it revitalized to see so much life down here to create a space where people can gather and meet that's modern and fun and have a place for people to come and do things with their family like yeah yeah yeah. making art accessible to people that don't think that they're artists or creatives and he was like wow we really need that here like (laughs) He was like really on board with the vision, which I was shocked with to begin. Yeah. And then um, I went into how I wanted to lease and then buy his building. And he was supposed to get me the lease like the next week. Yeah. I think this was in February of 2016 that I met with him. And I never, I didn't hear from him for a week. And then it was two weeks and I was like, I better call him, remind him. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to let this just fly away. So... I I called him every two weeks for like three months. Yeah. And I was and he, he would talk to me. It wasn't like he was ignoring me. Yeah. I just think he didn't know how serious I actually was. And I'd call him every two weeks and be like, Mr. Seltzer, like you said you're gonna have that lease for me. Um, is it gonna be ready soon? Like I'm I'm ready here. Like yeah. let's let's do it. And finally, it was like in June or something that he got me the first draft of the lease. And then we negotiated a lease to buy agreement and he was more gracious than anyone had ever seen him be with anybody. And I knew that there was favor over this situation because he gave me lease forgiveness for the first three months that I had to renovate in here where I didn't have to pay any money because I was paying the money to renovate. He did not micromanage my renovations while he still owned the building. of course, I double-checked with him. It got his approval and everything, but he micromanaged none of that. Yeah. Um, I think he really did trust my vision, like I said. And So how long did it take you to buy the building then at that point? So I leased from September of 2016 until September of 2017, and that's when I bought. And I we opened in March of 2017. So we had been open for a few months before I purchased. Okay. So I did things, If some people would say I took a huge risk and did things backwards. Yeah. And I did because I put a lot of money into renovating and opening before I even owned this space knowing it could potentially get somehow taken right out from sure, under me. Sure. And there was some security within the lease and within the agreement, but I didn't own it. Yeah. Um, but it ended up working out extremely well because if i hadn't been open for them to see the revenue of the business i probably wouldn't have been able to purchase well yeah for sure because you need you need that to show prove the mm-hmm. loan and it and you think about i mean i think a lot of times uh i mean 25 years old the world the world calls you a kid and probably rightfully so, right? Yeah, we're, yeah. we're pretty naive at My that My dad age. always said growing up, you're not an adult until you're 25. Yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but what a better time to take a risk, right? Yeah. Because you, you, were, you were at 
build up all this experience, and you're like, well, now or never kind of thing. And yeah. uh, I look at the downtowns, just like you said, like the people that get in now are going to be the ones that win long term mm -hmm. because these buildings that you can buy for a hundred thousand, they're going to be five hundred thousand yeah. twenty years from now. And even now, this is 2019. Yeah. Like, there are maybe two buildings available, but nothing that would have ever worked for what I wanted right. to do. And so you're. And that would have worked for me price-wise and everything like right I yeah the timing was absolutely perfect um, but yeah yeah very cool yeah so in that I just did a lot of talking so y'all are gonna have to ask some questions no, yeah you're good so uh, we, we took care of a lot of questions actually all in one story but um, really super interesting I can't believe you're only 28 years old and you have all this stuff already Do you feel like you've lived a whole life worth of stuff already sometimes I'm like can I retire <laughs> That's but then right. I, I seriously have so many visions of other things yeah. that I want to do and accomplish you just and I don't started. know how that's going to happen yet but I think back on how I didn't think this was going to happen I didn't know how this was going to happen yeah and the faithfulness of the Lord through all of it like even with the finances and stuff like I yeah so I just keep dreaming it's awesome pretty big. yeah that's where I'm at too I'm 33 and I still feel like I feel like I've lived a whole life already and I'm like I'm just getting started yeah like I haven't even started yet yeah it's so exciting so 2009 to 2019, you've kind of been connected to downtown Altoona. What have you seen change in that time period? Like, how has, how has this area kind of regenerated? So there, I think there's been a lot of change, like positive change. I get really excited when I talk about it because, yeah. like I said, I grew up with family that used to tell me about how they would take the train into Altoona from Bellwood, yeah. my grandparents, and do all of their shopping here. And Gables was huge and, like, the hustle and bustle. And then I grew up seeing it dead. Right, right. There were, like, two businesses down here that were always down here and everything else was vacant. Mm -hmm. Um but then, like like I said, when Penn State started putting a couple of their classes down here, Penn State Altoona, yeah, I think people started to think a little bit differently. Not everybody yet, because there's there was kickback even until probably last year about is our downtown business is actually going to be successful, right? Um, but if you look at it now, like I said, there's like two vacant buildings. There are. Three, four buildings right now that are being renovated and worked on. Five, yeah. right on this street. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like um, a, lot of, and, a lot of activity going yeah, on and down how, here. Like when I opened. Now, if I had asked a lot of people if I should open a coffee shop down here, there, I probably would have gotten a very strong, "Don't do it. It's not going to be successful." A lot of people had tried. Yeah. Even Steve Sheets said, "Coffee shops downtown will not be successful." Yeah. He comes in here, by the way, and I know him, so I can say that. That's fantastic. Um, but they have a Sheets Entrepreneurial Center for Penn State right across the street. Yeah. That, and they have like a business. Um, you have uh, that down here. Now. There's like an art museum down here. Yeah. Is all that relatively new? Um, the art museum. I'm not sure how long they've been here. I think probably for a while. They are probably okay. like a pioneer. Right. Right. Um, and that was one of Penn State's. Uh, classes and like part of their campus that they put down okay. here. Um, I'm not sure what year that was built, but. So it started with just a little couple little pockets of activity. And businesses that had been here for a long time, like Bill Sells Bold yeah. is a restaurant, uh, Sheer Power, uh, a hair salon that's right down here that's, that they survived through those years where no one thought anything could be successful. Yeah. Maybe because they're more of like a destination, like people would come from Holidaysburg to go to Bold when you have a regular hairstylist, you stay with that hairstylist. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, but I think the what they were doing too also made them grounded here. Yeah, absolutely. So, so you've seen now um, a lot of change in 10 years though. And just change from the community's attitude. Like if I ask, like people can see now that things are successful and yeah. things are happening yeah. as opposed to when I opened, if I would have asked people, they would have said, you're not going to be open very long. <laughs> yeah. So it does take someone with kind of that pioneering spirit that says, hey, I'm mm -hmm. going to go against what people say because I know that I know that this can work long term. Yeah. yeah. And I was I was it was also like, I'm called to this. <laughs> I'm supposed to do this. So it was a combination of all of it. Yeah, absolutely. OK, so in starting your business, you know, I, I talk to people all the time and it's like everyone wants to start a coffee shop. It seems like because everyone's been it to. It seems like such a fun, fun atmosphere. I mean, it is such a fun atmosphere. But yeah. 
So, I mean, like, what advice would you have for someone out there that says, you know, I want to start a coffee shop or I want to, you know, I want to, I want to do this, you know, how are, how are you able to be so successful? What do you think are like some of the key things that, that made you say, yeah, this works now? If I would not have opened the pottery and the coffee together to feed off of each other and fuel each other, because I was pretty much the first coffee shop besides Sheets and Duncan right. in this area, I don't think I would have survived. Yeah. And not because I was doing anything wrong, but it was about educating people about specialty coffee, the sustainability of coffee, making sure the farmers are being taken care of from every step of the process because big commodity commercial coffee like Duncan and big companies like that, those farmers are not being paid enough to survive so, yeah. they could be growing avocados and making a lot more money but they love coffee so right. they continue to like scrounge by but so it's it's about educating people making sure they understand why our prices are the way that they are yeah and and creating an atmosphere where like they feel known they feel welcome they feel like they're a part of contributing to what's happening here yeah so I actually didn't open the pottery right away. I opened in March with the cafe, and then my kiln didn't come until July, so that's when we started the pottery. And um, I mean, in the beginning, there was so much hype. We were like super busy. Yeah. Um, but if I wouldn't have added that pottery in, I don't know if I would have been hitting a broad enough market with just the cafe at first. Well, I'm sure people come in to do pottery. Yeah, that's a whole different market. And so they come in, mm-hmm. then they try your coffee for the first time, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Or vice versa." This is way different than sheets. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Way better. Um, and so those two things feed off of each other. Have you have you seen any um, kind of symbiotic partnerships with other local businesses? Like, have you ever tried to do? Yeah, we have done some different collaborations. I think um, the idea downtown was businesses kind of had to like get along and be friendly with each other to really make it successful. Yeah. I think there's still definitely that mentality. Um, which has been cool to see too. Yeah, and it's kind of like the shop local movement, and we gotta we have to support each mm-hmm. other. Um, we've been doing research. Uh, we're trying to get Katanning on like one of the best small towns in America list. Like that's our big goal. Oh, that's so cool. And so uh, through that, we've been researching like all the small towns in America, and that's one thing that's come up over and over and over again is all these small towns like don't have any chains downtown mm-hmm. because everyone wants to support the mom and pop shops yeah. and do and all I those think that things. is the goal for this street specifically 11th avenue yeah so you're seeing a lot of that happen where you guys are supporting each other yeah okay yeah um well to kind of bring it back to the sheets and duncan conversation Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of talk in katanning same thing and i'm sure other small towns that say well how do we compete when mcdonald's is selling coffee for a dollar and you're gonna have to sell it for four dollars yeah how do you how do you how did you approach that um i know you talked a little bit about education um you know, did you have to kind of incentivize people to try it the first time or did you have to I think people were like oh that's different for this place like it feels big city let's go try it yeah and there I mean there are people that aren't going to love coffee that isn't filled with sugar or yeah. you know frozen <laughs> coffees like we don't right. we do sweeter drinks but we really try to keep it coffee focused yeah um, so finding those people that understand it and love it and rally behind the the purpose of specialty coffee um but really i think like because it was because it was new that was beneficial to us because Mm -hmm. it was different from what we had already so okay so how about like the community um the other part is like local local government and zoning and all those kinds of things i'm sure that you had to get permits to do some Mm -hmm. stuff that you had to do here um, what was your experience like with Altoona? What the city of Altoona or you know the local government here? How did they did they support you through the process? Did they kind of help you through things? Did you find it really cumbersome? Like what was what was your experience like doing that kind of stuff? I personally had awesome experiences with the city. Okay. Um, I know other business owners that might might say differently. Yeah. Um, but I also really made sure to follow the rules and be respectful of the rules and. Uh-huh. My contractor knew how to pull the permits and things that he needed when he needed them. Um, And even like the fire department, when they come in and do fire inspection or 
the um, codes department, like they've all been wonderful to work with. So okay. I don't, I mean, the mayor's supportive of all of the small businesses, so. Okay. And you talked a little bit, we were talking a little bit before this, you, there was something that happened that you, I don't know, some major art project. There was a yeah. story there about like just something that, like a real God story. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about that. So when we bought the building, we knew that the roof needed replaced. Yeah. And it was leaking. There's two stories above us. Um, so it was leaking in the third floor. So I'm like, okay, it's not leaking under my coffee shop. Like <laughs> we can put it off for a little bit. Yeah, but Re not too long. <laughs> right. Um, and then the summer it was like okay summer of 2018 so we bought the building in september of 2017 and then spring and summer of 2018 it rained ridiculously like every other day like yeah. so much rain and it just tore my roof apart basically like to the point where if it rained hard enough it would leak through the roof through the third floor into the second floor through the second floor down into my coffee shop yeah I'm like okay this is really not good and I my husband and I would we were praying about it we're like Lord like we don't have the money to fix this I don't feel like it's something that I should be taking a loan out for right how are we gonna fix our roof yeah and um, at that same time like in the end of May um, of 2018 someone sent me this competition that Sheets was having for artists within the six states that they have stores yeah. to design their tractor trailers and their gas tankers and put the, our art on these. Just like the vinyl that they put yeah, on? Yeah, like, yeah. And nice. to represent their company Yeah, yeah. in a totally different way. And they were going to originally pick one winner from each state to, to do the trucks. Um, and so I entered the competition and there were supposed to be three rounds to this competition and I never heard back after the first round. So I just assumed that I didn't make it. Yeah. You know, that's a, a big area of people, of artists that have a lot oh, more yeah. experience than me. <laughs> um, and you think all of Pennsylvania remember, is like what, 5 million people? Yeah. Let alone, however, like the six states. Yeah. Right. So, um, I remember standing up in the third floor being like, Lord, we need a roof. How are you going to do this? Like, yeah, just basically saying like, you have to do something for it because I really don't feel like I'm supposed to borrow any money. Right. Meanwhile, like water is like dumping in our third floor every other day when it's raining. Yeah. Um, and then I got a phone call from, or an email one morning and it was downpouring outside and I'm sitting in my car and I got this email that was like, hey, you're one of the winners for the Sheets Fleet Art Contest. Um, you know, wait for follow-up emails to like start the whole process of the design. <laughs> and I was like, is this a joke? Like I never did the second round, which is where we were supposed to turn in like a concept and like, Yeah. and I was like, is this a joke? And then I like kept reading, I'm like, this is not a joke. Yeah. Um, mind you, when I got the roof quote, which I had gotten before, so I, I knew what I needed, it was like $24,800 was the quote, I think. Yeah. The commission for the winners of this contest was $25,000. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, like this can't be real. <laughs> and because my, my dream is to really be a professional artist, to have my artwork licensed by big companies. And, and I, I was a winner. Like I went through the whole design process, which was like a couple months long. And so they ended up picking 11 winners. Yeah. Um, so I have artwork on like 10 different trucks. How cool. My face is on the trucks. Um, but, now we gotta look and for it's it. so cool because each artist represents sheets in a different way yeah. with their own style. And I'm a watercolor artist. So mine is definitely a little bit different than the other ones. Yeah. Um, but that, that day when I walked in, I'm like still like dumbfounded at this email <laughs> thinking it's a joke. Like it was downpouring and water starts pouring in yeah. like to the coffee shop and I was like Lord like you're rarely early but you were never late yeah and then it got it, I mean it was the same amount of money and we replaced the roof in the fall so but, amazing yeah so you need to start a coffee shop you got to have a dream mm -hmm. you got to have some hustle mm -hmm. you got to have some uh, what some experience or like some I don't know. I mean, you got to build some relationships. Yes, you I should have say. to. You have to build relationships. So I did 
<laughs> the coffee shop thing I did backwards too. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh man, I really want to open a coffee shop. I got the space. And then I was like, oh goodness, I have to learn about coffee now. <laughs> so I found the roaster that I wanted to work with, which they're incredible. Yeah. They source everything. They help us with our equipment. Like they are amazing. Um, and they train too. So I, they did training with me. They do trainings with our team. Um, so I really got connected with a roaster that gave me all the things that I needed. Um, but yeah, I did things backwards. And then you got to have the grace of God. Yeah. Absolutely. A million percent. hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. Yeah. This is, uh, uh, it's so interesting. I mean, we could go through my life story, but I think most of the people listening kind of know it, but I was like, wanted to be an engineer, mm-hmm. uh, dropped out of school after a year mm-hmm. after doing business decided I didn't need school to do the things I wanted to do and so I just hustled my way and uh, and then God just over and over and over again just met every single need that I had mm-hmm. and it's just incredible so. yeah and even even from like being really like open and raw like there have been times where I'm like is there gonna be enough yeah and the Lord always there has always been enough even when it didn't feel like there was gonna be enough yeah and he is so faithful in proving to me over and over again that like this is what I'm called to do and he hasn't brought me to this point just for me to like have the doors closed business is great like it's not a matter of being slow it's just we're sustaining a 10,000 square foot building on a cafe and a a pottery shop right now and I don't pay my people just minimum wage like I invest back into them um, because I want I want them to stay. I want them to feel like we're invested in them and they're invested in us. So, yeah. Well, and that's that's actually how we got connected in the first place. Uh, two people actually emailed me uh, about your place here because I've been I've been harping on Coffee Shop for Catanning for a while. And they were like, you have to visit the Clay Cup in Altoona. And so uh, that's how I ended up here. I walked in the door, didn't know you were a Christian, didn't know anything about your story, never been to this place in my life. And uh, But both people told me, these people have great coffee and they have the best baristas in Western mm. Pennsylvania. And so I'm like, how did, how did you, like, how did you train your staff? How did they get to the point where, you know, obviously you came in, you said you didn't even know anything about coffee really. And then now you have like these best baristas in the business. What's been kind of like your business theory on pouring back into your people mm-hmm. to, to make them really Man, great? that makes my heart so proud. Um, <laughs> it should. It I should. know. So I have uh, the best manager in the whole world. Her name is Lindsay, uh-huh. and Lindsay and I have a really cool story to begin with because she was also looking for a building to open a coffee shop downtown, Okay. and it never worked for her. Every door was always closed for her when she was looking at spaces and financing and everything, and I knew her from church. She's a worship leader at church, and like we'd always like kind of known each other, Yeah. and you know, I had to fight for a while the spirit of competition when I knew that she was also trying <laughs> to open a coffee shop, and I... I hadn't even started pursuing a building yet, but I knew that's what I was supposed to do. Right. And as soon as I got the building, I called her up and I said, hey, look, I know that you're really interested in coffee. I know that you want to have your own coffee shop one day. I have the perfect opportunity for you to see it built from the ground up, get all the experience you want to open your own coffee shop someday. Yeah. And, you know, she thought about it, prayed about it. Told her my whole vision and she was like okay I'm in and I was like yes <laughs> and so like amazing. she is incredible because we are completely opposite personalities in ev- like every personality test we ever take yeah completely opposite so and funny. I think that could be very clashing in a lot of relationships or work relationships but it works really well for us um, but she manages the cafe um, she does all the hiring with me she she really is the one who helped get the systems in place and the processes and checklists and all the things. And she's really intentional about doing like quarterly meetings with each employee. Um, but when we hire, we don't look at experience. We can teach you everything you need to know. Right. We are looking at personality, um, drive, how you're going to be with our customers. Yep. Um, and with our other baristas and we're very strict about like you don't talk about another barista behind their back ever right. if there's an issue you talk to them if you talk to them and there's still an issue 
you bring it to a manager. So you've um, created a real, a really Christian culture here too. Then mm-hmm. not all of our baristas not, are believers, and not but, explicitly, but yeah. you've created that culture yeah. that's kind of like the foundation of it. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, and I think, you know, I I do pay a, more than minimum wage um, because I want people to stay for not forever I know this isn't necessarily a forever job unless you're you have Lindsay's job or my job or whatever but I want people to stay for longer amounts of time we have a very low turnover rate the only reason we have lost employees is because one they got a job in the field they had a degree in or two they needed full-time job with benefits nine to five Monday through Friday because they had families or kids right um or some one other person had a child and moved away so like we, I'm very, very proud of that, um, and we have that same culture with our pottery employees as well. That's awesome. So, well, very cool. Well, I think we're wrapping it up. I, I, what I'm really curious about, I know I didn't prepare you on this question at all. So, you know, but what are, you, where do you go from here? Like, you're 28 years old. You're in this beautiful downtown area. You are like successful here. You have this beautiful place. Like you could definitely just kind of coast and let this thing ride. But I know you have bigger dreams than that. There's what? What do you? What do you want to do? Like, sky's the limit. There's so much more. Um, I, I, when people ask me this question, I'm like, the coffee shop is such a s- small, critical but small portion of the vision. Yeah. I don't want to manage a coffee shop for the rest of my life. Sure. Um, I, I love. What it does here is extremely important, um, but we have the rest of the building that to renovate. Um, that's going to be like a six hundred to eight hundred thousand dollar project. Oh wow! Um, so I'm really waiting on on the Lord in knowing when to start that. It's going to happen in phases. It's not going to happen all at once. Sure. Um, and just what that looks like. The second floor is going to be overflow for the coffee shop, um, which like. On Tuesday, we had no seats in here. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's a regular occurrence when potteries open, when the cafes open, to have no seats. Yeah. Um, available, so it's going to be a little bit more loungy up there. I can hold private events up there. We'll have a small, additional little coffee bar for private events, but then I can have artists come in and teach real clay classes, real pottery classes. And the third floor will be a high-end Airbnb. It's about 2,400 square feet. Wow. It's beautiful skylights. High ceilings. Um, For me, I last year I had really incredible things happen with my artwork with sheets. Uh, TJ Maxx picked up six of my pieces of artwork and put them on throw pillows all across the country. Oh wow! Um, But like, and that's what I want to do. Like, I want to license my artwork with big companies. I'm not sure how to make that happen. That's something that each artist, I think, has to navigate on their own. There's no set way like, oh, connect with this person. It'll connect you with all the, the you know, design people in the world with all these, you know, big box retailers. Um, so. But I'm sure you get that first one and it's kind of like, well, now you're. It gives you a little bit of credibility. credibility. But yeah. right now I'm in this place where I'm, I don't have any leads for anything big like that. Yeah. I don't have any competitions I'm working on, but I'm painting things that are specific brands of companies and tagging them on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, and they've retweeted, they've shared, they've commented. Wow. So getting interactions with these big companies is really cool. I'm not making money off of it, but I think eventually that will build my reputation. It will maybe eventually make some sort of connection. Yeah. Um, and I... This building next door is vacant, and I want to buy it mm-hmm. because I'm just t- I'm talking about all my dreams. Yeah, here. no, this is cool. This is a shared wall right here, and that building next door is massive. And I want to do glass blowing furnaces in there, yeah. and have glass blowers come in and do workshops, and um, people can learn how to do stained glass. And then the second and third floor would be like living quarters. 
So you really want to expand the, the art, the art mm-hmm. vision and um, let that continue to fuel the growth of the coffee shop and all those yeah. kinds of things too. So I would open up between the buildings yeah. so that people can come in and get coffee and see glass blowing or paint pottery or go upstairs and do wow. pottery. So. so cool. Yeah. And more coffee shops too. I have ideas for five more <laughs> coffee shops. So. Well, as you're getting a little bit busier here, let's wrap it up. But um, do you have any final advice for anyone out there saying, you know, they want to start their own business, they're not sure where to start? Like, what would you suggest for them to do? So my first bit of advice is always find a good attorney, a good banker, and a good accountant. Uh-huh. Um, and build your network. And don't be afraid. Have a balance of being wise in your decisions, but not being afraid to take risks and step out in faith too. Yeah. Um, because you you have to take some risk. Right. Like there's going to be risk no matter what. You can't play it completely safe. Um, and whatever you're doing, there's always something to be learned from that that's going to benefit you later. So if you're in a place right now where you know you don't want to be there forever, yeah. but that that has its purpose right and you if you can dive into that wholeheartedly even though you don't want to be there forever there is so much value in that and my my life phrase is be content but not complacent content where you are knowing that you are learning what you need to learn in that moment for future but you are not complacent because you you are looking for what god is leading leading you to next yeah absolutely I'm such a proponent of that too. Like if you, you know, if you're working at McDonald's and you're just like, you hate the job and you just want to get out of there, you still have to realize you're learning skills there that are yeah. going to apply for whatever you want yeah, to do like next. Yeah, communicating with yeah. people and yeah, being efficient and yeah, and so still, many things. It's up here too. You're mm-hmm. like you're learning the what's the right mindset yes. because there, there's always going to be things that you don't want to do. Like I'm sure you like me probably don't enjoy quarterly tax time. Like. I don't like to do that, but yeah. because of like going through other things that I didn't want to do, I'm like, I have to do this. This is part of the process yeah. and it's okay. Yeah. And so, and yeah, like learning. And even when, even when you're walking in faith, it's a mind game. Yeah. Like we're always reminding yourself of what you're learning, why you're learning, how that's going to help you in the future. But what God's promises are for you, yeah. even when it doesn't feel like that. You have to believe and know and understand mm-hmm. that the future is going to be better than it, than mm-hmm. you think that it's going to be. Yeah. Always. Well, this was amazing. Good. Thank you so Thank much for so letting much for me, me interview and taking all the time today. I know you're very busy, but uh, I so enjoy being here. You have a beautiful place. Thank you. Wish you all the best. Thanks. And, um, Thank you for pouring into the uh, audience as well. Yeah, I hope it was encouraging and inspiring in some way. Absolutely. And thanks for letting me rant. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe we'll do it again someday. Yeah, it was really, be great. really cool to be here. Cool. Well, thank you guys for watching. And of course, uh, uh, if you want to connect with uh, Sarah, I'll make sure to put all of her links for Facebook and Instagram for the Clay Cup and uh, maybe your personal one too for I your have artwork. Art pages. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, if you want to check out what she's doing um, or if you want to contact her, I'm sure she would uh, be more than happy to have you connected on uh, Instagram and Facebook and all those kinds of things. But that's it. We'll talk to you guys in the next one.